Hi, I'm Mike Sturm, and today I'm going to have a productive conversation with Mike Vardy. Welcome to a productive conversation. It's Mike Vardy here, and I am joined by Mike Sturm on today's episode. He is the author of the book, The Wabi Sabi Way. He also has a great email newsletter called Wool Gathering. He's written on Medium about productivity. It's always great to have productivity nerds get together in a conversation, and especially on this show... I mean, it just, it it flows so nicely. We could have gone on for hours and hours. Instead, we had a productive conversation in a short period of time, although I would definitely love to chat with Mike more and more about productivity and all things in between down the line. For now, let's get to that conversation. Here's my productive conversation with Mike Sturm. So I'm looking at the book right now, The Wabi Sabi Way, Simple Principles to Bring Calm, Meaning, and Authenticity to Your Daily Life. And I have to say that the first time I really kind of leaned into the term Wabi Sabi in any way, shape, or form was, and this is going to definitely reveal the nerd in me, is when the last Star Wars movie came out where Kylo Ren repaired the helmet that he had smashed completely and they had it put back together and where all the cracks were were all red they they basically used like a red kind of um adhesive so it showed all the red cracks and someone mentioned oh man that's so wabi-sabi and i'm like okay let's lean into that so when i say that and people are like okay is wabi-sabi like a science fiction thing what is it this is where i lean to you and go mike can you share a little bit for those who are listening right now as to what Wabi Sabi is, and then we'll start to talk about it in terms of you know productivity and a way of operating. Yeah, so that's a great example, actually, um, it, because it, it maps on nicely to a practice that goes on in Japan, spanning back for years, and I'm blanking on the name of it, um, but essentially they use gold tape um, okay. to tape cracks and things. And wabi-sabi uh, kind of originated as a way to talk about objects. Um, but it is it is that kind of um, imperfection and, um, and sometimes, you know, damage, but repaired damage that comes with uh, persisting through time. And so it, it is this embrace of imperfection and impermanence uh, because it's a very Eastern idea. And uh, it's really for people, right? Instead of just for objects, for people, it's about... Um, have you ever seen that, um, those, uh, most interesting man in the world, the Dosaki ads yes. from 10 yep. years ago or whatever. Yep. So I picture in my mind, a wabi-sabi person is basically that person, right? You, you, not so much what he says, but you can tell by his look and, and the way that he talks that he's totally comfortable with himself. He's been through a lot. He's not perfect, right? He's not totally clean shaven and he's not extremely well put together. He's got a couple of buttons unbuttoned, um, but that's who he is. And he's completely at peace with that. And he's not being ostentatious or performative about it. That's just who he is. He's simple and he's comfortable and he's accepting. When it comes to adopting like the ideals of the Wabi Sabi way, you know, the idea of, you know, embracing that, why do you think why do you think it's so tough for people on our side of the pond, like in Canada and the U S and like Western world to kind of adopt that? Because 
it sounds all the like anytime someone talks about like meditation or being Zen or all that, it sounds so enticing and so like, wow, that's ideal. But then they go, yeah, but we can't do it here. It's not possible, um, which, again, biases showing up like crazy. But why do you think it's such a challenge for people to like when they see something like this, especially because productivity is so driven around achievement and and getting things done? And then there's like you, they seem incongruent, right? That's what it is. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I don't blame that, right? We, we definitely want to get things done and be productive, right? I mean, you wouldn't have a podcast and I wouldn't be writing if, if, if that wasn't the case. So it, clearly there's a need to get a bunch of things done and, and focus and, um, and form goals and chase after them. Uh, but I think the missing piece for us uh, on the Western side of the world, and I think it's, it's happening all over the place as uh, industrialization, technology has set in over the past few centuries, you just see this move away from um, appreciating the simple things that happen every day or or not even the things that happen every day, but just the, the things that you can feel by just sitting by yourself. And that's really what meditation is all about. I, it's been kind of, I don't want to say stolen, but it's been taken to a place that's more about achieving something. Right. You know, you're trying to achieve a certain state of mind and all that stuff with meditation, which really isn't what it's about. Out. It's, it's just about sitting with yourself and seeing what's there. And well, yeah. eventually, because you keep seeing what's there, you become peaceful. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, too, is that when you do that, you're actually going against exactly what meditation is all about. If you're going in there with the goal of being productive and achieve, I want to, I'm going to meditate so I can achieve more. I mean, what's that old adage? I think I've shared this before, but the, the, the businessman goes to the guru and says, I need to meditate. Um, but, you know, he goes, I want to get better. He goes, yeah, well, you should meditate, you know, meditate for five minutes a day. He goes, oh, I don't have time to meditate for five minutes a day. And the guru says, well, then meditate for 20 minutes a day. You know, exactly. it, it's that it's that there's there's just that 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 idea of I mean, and, and I use the muse headband. So I get like there's a gamification component um, that that we kind of can gravitate towards and. Again, the funny thing about that headband, and I've talked about this before, is that if you try to hear the birds, if you try to get it, so you yes. don't, you don't. It's it's, and I've alluded to this in one of my YouTube videos, which you know when when I shared it as a gift guide, it was like the whole Wesley Crusher episode of of the Next Generation, where the Riker brought back that game, and that and it hypnotized the entire crew. And the way you want the way you play the game is you just let it go, and then the of course the discs went inside the tubes and it hypnotized everybody. But the problem is if you tried to do that, then it was actually actively resisting it. So there's this weird. Um, give and take that I, I don't think it, it takes an understanding. It takes slowing down, right? It takes actually being mindful about this stuff to really kind of figure out where you can fit it in, right? Yeah, and there's a great there's a great um, kind of supplementary uh, Eastern idea that goes along with with wabi sabi. Um, it comes from the from Chinese Taoism called Wu Wei. Uh, it's the it's the way of non action, basically, or action through non action. And it's not an idea that has to do with laziness or whatever, but it is much like you described with that Star Trek episode where um, the more that you try or with the Muse headband, the more you try to do a thing, the more you um, try in a way that's forceful and like trying to contort reality to your will, um, the more you'll end up in this kind of state of anxiety and, um, and frustration as things don't go exactly as you'd like them and, and all that stuff. And there's a really great parable in um, the Shuangzi, which I'm sure I'm pronouncing incorrectly, uh, but it's one of the formative books of Taoism. 
and it talks about uh, the difference between uh, a regular good butcher and a great butcher, like a really wise and great butcher. And the wise and great butcher doesn't have to sharpen his or her knife uh, much at all, um, because rather than hacking through the meat and the bones and dulling the blade, they actually find the spaces between the bones where there's little resistance and they can just flick the knife and cut the connecting tissue and tendons. And then that's how they proceed. And so they don't have to expend a ton of effort, uh, not physical effort, and they don't have to sh- dull the blade. They can keep a sharp blade and they can cut tons of different meat cuts over years and years because they know where to cut and they're not trying to fight against the structure. What's your life been like since you started to really get into this stuff? Because obviously you didn't start here, right? No. And I mean, it's, it's been a really long journey, which, you know, is kind of flows with the idea of Wabi Sabi. Uh, it's been imperfect. Um, back in college, I is when I got turned on Eastern ideas, right? I got into Buddhism. I got into Taoism, um, had a great uh, teacher who I worked with, not a, an actual Buddhist teacher, but someone who worked at the university I went to. And he kind of just exposed me to these ideas but it took me years, maybe a decade or more to really understand this kind of stuff. And it was just writing about it, right? And researching it that got me into, well, how can I apply these things to my life? And to answer the the basic question of how it's changed my life, it's there's, there's no price that you can put on starting to develop a really good relationship with yourself. I think people really overlook it sounds, it sounds weird and it sounds very hippie or very, you know, out, out West California type stuff that people like me in the Midwest don't tend to like too much, but you really do have a relationship with yourself. Uh, there's constant self-talk. I mean, you know, people like David Allen have talked about this for years. There is negative self-talk, whether or not you're actually saying words, you're, you're conveying messages to yourself about whether or not you can do things, what kind of person you are, all that stuff. Um, accepting who you are and where you've been is really the only way that you're going to get to wherever it is you want to go. If you can even find out where you want to go. And so that's what it's really done for me is it's enabled me to, to just uh, accept who and what I am and all the mistakes that I've made and I'm making right now as part of the journey and to just do my best each day. You know, as, as you were talking about this, I I started to think about the idea of when we talk about improving our relationship with time, but, to your point, you can't improve that relationship or foster or nurture that relationship until you figure out yourself in the first place, right? Because then only then can you kind of understand where you want that time to go, right? Because you can, ma- I mean, the time moves on whether we want it to or not, right? So there's a flow exactly there, which, right. which is what I, I've talked about before. I've said, you know, I mean, that's why I don't like time management. I think time leadership is probably a better way to go or, or, or something that you do have control over, like expectation, attention, things like that. But those are all, again, inside of you, right? But yeah. And I mean, you know, we could, you could go into the different kinds of time, right? There's those two... Uh, is it Kairos and what you probably Oh, know yeah, Kairo, Kronos and uh, Kairos. Like, I think there's yeah. the two different ones. Yeah, yeah. From is it Egypt, Egyptian lore? I think I think it's Greek. Greek, it's Greek, 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 yeah. Greek, right? Yeah, I think it's Kronos and Kairos. I think, yeah, there's the two different types. Yeah, it, it, it I, I, I wonder if, and again, we're just gonna hypothesize here, but I wonder if it's because time is quantifiable versus the self, which is not so quantifiable, which is why a lot of people try to quantify themselves. That's, and that's, that's a great distinction that 
uh, can carry over to so many things. Just because something is quantifiable doesn't mean that in reality it's actually quantified. Right. right? So, yeah, time is quantifiable, but, uh, it, you know, there's no, there's a, there, the units of time don't really mean much outside of the conventions that we set up for, right. for them. They're more, they're, they're, they are objective because they allow us to, it's it's one of the things that connects us right like the fact that we are meeting at this time it's the only way we would have necessarily known it sets expectations up right okay we're meeting at this time um there's this great book uh the seven day circle by uh eviatar zerubbabel and i'm i'm butchered that name too um but the idea of 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 again nature all all elements of time save for the week are all naturally there. The year, the month, the day, those are all predisposed by nature. Yeah, they're not necessarily January 1st to January 31st or anything like that. They're done by the cycles of the moon and, you know, all of that stuff. But the week, the history of the week is fascinating because there there is no, I mean, the weeks used to be 10 days long and then they were like, but we use them to give ourselves like a middle component of time between the month and the day and the month so that it allows us to meet with a not as not incredible frequency but also not so seldom that you know we don't understand these things it's it is fascinating to see what man does to try to corral these really these opportunities to you know move things forward and time seems to be the measuring stick and that we all kind of understand but again to your point you can say five minutes is five minutes is five minutes, and you know that it's going to be, you know, f but what happens inside of those five minutes? Like that five minutes to one person, what they do within those five minutes is very different in not just the tasks, but the impact, the, the there's so many layers inside that we don't really think about. And that's so that's true for time, right? The the amount of things that happen in five minutes um, when you're, uh, I don't know, playing a really high stakes sports game. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more that goes on than when you're just spending five minutes while you're waiting for a meeting to start yeah. and you're scrolling through your phone. Uh, but then, you know, you take it outside of just time, how we experience the world, mm. uh, whatever you're doing. Um, you could be looking at the same uh, tree as someone else and you, you really are seeing different things, not only because you're in different places, but there's so much emotion that goes into the things that we perceive and we don't even realize it. I mean, you can read all sorts of stuff uh, in uh, psychiatric journals and cognitive science journals about um, they call it like the, the theory or, or emotive perception, emotive latenness of perception. So they've had this problem in the philosophy of science for years when you're trying to look at just data uh, there's a lot of theory that gets brought into just recording what that data is, the measurements you use, um, the tools that you use to measure, what it means in terms of uh, the other observations you made. We bring a lot to the table when we think we're just sitting there absorbing what the world's giving us. And that's true for ourselves. See, when you're perceiving yourself, like when you're just like, how am I doing? Or when someone asks you, how are you doing? You're looking inward in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're getting a feel for what's going on in your head, in your body. And that's also filtered through whatever's happened uh, before and whatever your fearing is going to happen 10, 20 minutes or tomorrow. So this episode that, you, that you're listening to right now, I think a perfect companion to, uh, episode is the one that I did with Annie Duke about how to decide. 
because Annie's written the book Thinking and Bets, which is we talked before we we jumped on, and it's the book I'm listening to in Audible right now. It's on my and, list for sure. And her and her framing of like think of decisions as bets, and the idea that poker life is a whole lot more like poker than it is like chess, right? You know, like the yes. and, I'm like, and, and it's it's I I think that when we slow down. And when we kind of observe Rob Walker, another great episode to listen to would be Rob Walker's appearance on this program where we talk about noticing. Because noticing is one of those things that we just, if you take some time to notice, if you take take some time to consider that every decision that you make is a bet, just because, uh, you know, if you decide that you're going to do something and, and Annie uses the whole Super Bowl, Pete Carroll thing that happened several years ago in the Super yes. Bowl. And that how that was the worst call ever made, blah, 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 blah. But yet only in, I think it was 2% of the time would that have ever happened. So it was a good yeah. decision with a bad result. We And she calls it resulting, right? Which is what they call it in poker. Like there's just so many things that honestly, a lot of this stuff leans into this, this idea of the Wabi Sabi way, because I mean, to me, it's like this feeling of is flow the right thing? Like just like the, like to a degree flow, like just stepping back and not not necessarily always seeking to move forward but just kind of i mean for lack of a better term being present being and being okay with things that are not necessarily working out the way that you would have predicted they would have worked out or not being able to necessarily you know achieve because there's so many other things once you start to embrace that idea then it does. Isn't there an ease to that? Like, doesn't that make give a sense of ease to your life? It doesn't make it easier, but it just gives no. you a sense of ease, right? That's the perfect word for it is ease, right? Because to go back to that butcher example that I gave, you know, there there's nothing easy about, um, you know, butchering a, a, an animal in that way to, to make the proper cuts of meat and preserve the blade and all that stuff. It's not easy work. If it were, everyone would be doing it themselves and there wouldn't be butchers in the first place. Um, but you can have an ease about it and the ease is the way to operate. I mean, you bring it the Pete Carroll example is great. I, I hate resulting. I mean, I, you know, my day job is in a, a, um, as a sales professional and I'm working on getting deals in and getting the funnel stacked up with opportunities and all that stuff. And it's results, results, results. Right. Um, but that's really only part of the picture because you could not get results by still doing uh, the best possible thing making to, to Andy Duke's point, the best possible bet. Um, so, but you have to have that ease and that comfort with what you're doing. Um, because if you don't, then a lot of the the progress you make is kind of accidental and then non-repeatable. Uh, so you become kind of the conduit for that, right? If you don't have your own stuff straight and if you are not comfortable with your priorities and your decisions and the way that you make sense of the world and you're just grasping at straws to replicate what other people are doing or what other people say you should do. Um, that's, that's, that's going to cause so many, pro- it caused so many problems for me. Right? Right. I did that for a long time. I'm trying to repeat the successes of others without really being comfortable with whatever process I'm using. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. 
Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash ProductiveConvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there, and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. What if I told you that there was a confidential, convenient, professional, and affordable way to get the help you need with your own licensed professional therapist? And you could connect in a safe and private online environment right from home. Well, BetterHelp gives you that. And BetterHelp will help you from the friction that gets in the way from you achieving your goals, whether it's anxiety or, you know, uh, issues with sleep or depression, BetterHelp can help. Now, BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help and it's professional counseling. That's what it is. Done securely online. You can send a message to your counselor anytime and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. This is all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, by the way. BetterHelp is also committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So in the event that you need to, they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. That had to happen with me. The scheduling just didn't match up for me to do the live sessions with them. We made it happen quickly, simply, easily. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling, too. And what's stunning is that you don't have to limit yourself to the counselors that are located near you because the particular expertise that you're looking for is available right online through BetterHelp. So whether that's depression, stress, anxiety, trauma, grief, LGBT matters, anger, 
There are licensed professional counselors who are specialized in those fields available to you through BetterHelp. Again, it's confidential. It's convenient. It's professional. It's affordable. It's what you're looking for. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash timecrafting. Join over 1 million people who've taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash timecrafting. Do it today. Getting your business off the ground is hard. Take it from me. I've been there. Sit Up Startup is a new weekly podcast from Zendesk. Find out why customer service is at the heart of success. Zendesk for Startups chats with Zendesk leaders, founders, and CEOs in a coffee shop style conversation about starting up when the world is upside down. Catch weekly fresh new episodes on Apple, Google, and Spotify. There's no promise of the result. There's only the promise of the process, right? That's the only thing that's, I mean, because um, like, so, and actually this leans nicely into the stuff we were talking about before we hit record, the idea of productivity, you know, systems versus Mm. tactics. And one of the things that, you know, I, I, I confided in you and I don't mind sharing this with, with the listener is that, um, you know, I am, I'm very purposeful in saying that time crafting is a framework or approach even maybe a philosophy as opposed to a system or a, a methodology. And I actually used to call it a methodology, but then I actually went and said, I should look this up and see if it's actually <laughs> what I should be saying. And I was wrong because a methodology like there is, it becomes to me, there's a quantifiability to it that could be, I wouldn't say disproven, but it just, cr- it, that's not what it is. It's just not yeah. It's because you don't need to do every element of time crafting to be time crafting. Right. But yet when, and we were talking about getting things done and David Allen's been on the show before and I've written about how I left GTD behind. And the thing is, I didn't leave all of the getting things done system behind. I left the, no, because elements of it work. There's residue. Right. Um, And, and uh, what does attention residue is what Cal Newport calls like those things that really worked. And even we also talked about this Mark Manson video that I watched about reading and he said, like, when you read a book, the things that are in the book that you'll remember are going to be like, I've got the crossroads of should must sitting here with El Luna. Like there are things in this. I don't remember necessarily what was said in the book, like specifically, but I know what I learned from it so I can grab the book at any time or I can look it up. Um, and so he, he he kind of alludes to that. But I, I, I know that same thing with the 12 week year where you also talked about like, so when someone wants to adopt the wabi-sabi way, because it's not like the wabi-sabi system or the wabi-sabi, no, like it's just not. Definitely not. It's not that. And I mean, you know, you could even geek out and say, oh, like the Mandalorian, no, this is the way, right? Um, what What are some of the th- steps that they can take? I mean, the book goes through this in greater detail. Um, but what are some of the things that they can, someone can take when they're like, you know what, this I do want this ease. I do want to be able to, not block out this idea that, oh, it's based in Eastern philosophies and, and, you know, this idea of, but I'm, you know, and, and when religion sometimes gets in the way, they're like, oh, but I, I believe in this, so I shouldn't be looking at that. Um, what's something that someone can do if they want to just try to be able to kind of embrace it, or at least maybe to your point, get, start to get comfortable with it. Yeah. So you're, you're right to say that it's not a system because it definitely isn't right. It's, it is more of a mindset or an approach or, or an attitude, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the book is broken down for the most part in um, 
you know, larger kind of themes that you can, uh, let's call them themes. Yeah. They're kind of steps, but they're, they're really themes. And I know that's kind of a page out of your book. Um, but uh, it's, you know, you, so it's the first one's simplicity, um, right? Learning how to simplify, which in and of itself is a, a whole book, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. People have been writing about how to simplify for a long time. Um, I do give examples in the book of you know, something I did um, and did again recently, which was just getting rid of stuff. Right, whether you're giving it away, mm-hmm. whether you're throwing it away, um, or or whatever, but just um, taking the clutter out of your home, moving that into taking it out of your life. Right, because I think um, the other thing is, is it's not just getting rid of stuff that's physical. It's getting rid mm-hmm. of stuff. Like I am being very cautious about not buying anything that's frivolous right now. Yes, that's simplify. That's a version of simplicity. But some because some people are afraid to get rid of that's why the home edit's doing so well because the home edit is like not Marie Kondo where Marie Kondo's like rid of stuff home edit's like you've got all the stuff let's color coordinate it. let's organize it let's make it better for for me I mean I've got I mean if you look at my books and we I mean we've talked about minimalism and simplification before but simplification it, it takes many forms and you've alluded to to one of them and and so did I so you've talked to there are yeah there's there's like five of them six of them in here simplicity is is one that most people have kind of they they can they can at least grok that a little bit right yeah it's easy to understand hard to do right and uh you know like uh justice potter stewart said about pornography right i I couldn't tell you what it is but i know it when i see it i think simplicity is very much like that Mm -hmm. um you you when you have things simplified enough but not too much you can get a feel for that right um, so then, the, you know, the other thing is personal authenticity, which is even bigger of a thing, right? That's once you've simplified things, specifically the the external things, and then the the things you're working on or thinking about, then you can start to, you know, dig into yourself. And we, we talked about that a little bit earlier, that developing a personal relationship with yourself, like um, people talk all the time about going to find themselves or taking some time off just, just to relax and, and get back in touch with themselves or whatever. Uh, but it's, it's more than that. It's a day-to-day thing. It's, it's learning, whether it's journaling or meditation, whatever you need to do, cause it's gotta be your own thing, but you, you've gotta, you've gotta understand what really drives you, what really motivates you, what makes you angry, what makes you happy, um, exploring values and visions and all those kind of buzzwords that people hear so much about, um, but just do it in a way that clicks with you. Don't look too far out to other books and stuff like that, unless you're really interested in what they're saying. Um, but just get in touch with yourself and it, start it, to get comfortable. Is it important for people to know that that will also change? That's like, again, that impermanence. Yes. Yes. Right. Great point. Yeah. So I, I think I'd drawn out probably for too long about that in the book, but it, the ch- impermanence is such a huge part of what Wabi Sabi is about, right? Because we, we discussed time earlier, uh, time continues to roll on and with it, all sorts of degradation, right? We're, we're in a state of entropy, right? So you, you've got things falling apart to quote another great book. Um, you've got things that are, are kind of um, conjoining with other things and things that are becoming distorted and whether it's relationships or, um, or your own goals. I mean, your goals and desires, your belief systems, those things are all subject to change. And they and harden too. Things, right? they they do. Ha- yeah, they harden too. Some things with time harden and become habits are a good example of that, right? The more you do yes. them, the harder they 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 become part of your identity to a degree, right? 
And so the question then becomes, right, if you if you are developing a habit, or let's just say you just have the habits, right? Take mm-hmm. day one, you've got the habits you've got. Uh, some are good, some are bad. The question then is, all right, which habits uh, are hard right now, and I want to keep them hard, right? I want to make sure that they stay durable and help me out uh, to get where I'm going because they're good. Mm-hmm. And the other side is which ones have started to harden, but... I, I should crack them open yeah. and either mold them into something else or just get rid of them entirely. Um, and that's, that's hard work. But again, in order to do that, you can get into the life hacky stuff, right? About leaving your important stuff that you got to take to work in front of the door the next day or what have you. Um, but that kind of stuff works because then you're getting to know yourself, right? And there's not just one self there's where you've been, there's where you are right now as you're sitting doing whatever you're doing and then there's how you're going to be uh, later on today after dinner. There's how you're going to be next week and getting to understand yourself and, and look out for yourself. Right. So that, that life hack example of placing your important stuff in front of the, um, the door or like putting all your gym clothes in your gym bag right there and have it all set up. So all you have to do is walk out and go work out. There's no excuses. It's not like you bathing yourself. It's you knowing, you know what? I struggle with getting up early and getting going. And I struggle with organization in the morning. So let me make it easy on myself. That shows a kind of self-knowledge that will continue to uh, yield dividends for you as you try to improve. Um, yeah, they're one of the ones I use and people kind of chuckle. And I mean, again, ultimately, once you get some, I mean, I, I know I have elements of this because I don't frankly give a give a damn if people think it's weird or not. No, my wife thinks it's bizarre, but every time I go through my closet every season, and I use Courtney Carver's Project 333. Again, she's been on the show. She'll be in the, it'll be in the show notes. Is I, f- I use an old life hack that I learned years ago is I will put the hangers with the open side facing out. And once I wear an article of clothing, I'll flip the hanger around because our brain tricks us to going, oh, I'm not going to get rid of this article. I wear it all the time. Well, if the hanger is still facing, the open part is still facing outward, I just know that, oh, wait, my brain's playing tricks on me. I don't wear this all the time. Now I have data to back that up. It's not just an anecdotal, like it's literally like hard data that says, no, Mike, you don't wear this shirt very often. So you need to make a decision about it. it it's it's fascinating the little things like you talked about, like the idea of you know, putting your gym clothes in. My Peter Shankman, he wears his gym clothes to bed. You know, oh, like, they, you know, like th- there are degrees, right? There's degrees. Yes. And it's not about, I mean, that's why I put, silly little things that most people put on their to-do list like i'll put like put up holiday lights and actually i don't even put that it's like decide to put up holiday lights every (laughs) because i have to decide when i'm going to do it and it may not be that day but i know i don't want to make that decision after i see somebody when i'm driving down the street with their holiday lights up i don't want to be prompted externally i want to listen to that past version of myself said remember that time that you didn't get the holiday lights up till like four days before christmas we don't want to have that happen again. So let's make it easier for future versions of yourself. And you alluded to that, like the past, the present, and then the future version of yourself. Give, let you give you help. Yes. Yes. And, and we, we just, we get in our own way. Mm-hmm. So in so many occasions, you know, not, so David Allen's weekly review yeah. in the getting things done system to me is one of those things where you could use, not whether you're doing his specific weekly review, but whether you're taking blocking out and taking a purposeful time each week, and it should probably be each week to just sit 
and kind of pour over your life for mm-hmm. lack of a better word. Uh, get in touch with how you're feeling, right? Look at all your projects and things you've got going on. Do a quick brain dump where you're not looking at paper or documents. You're just thinking about, all right, what's on my mind? And and that's that's a form of meditation because you have so much stuff on your mind that you're not even aware of until you're sitting there and you're just like, all right, what is on my mind? Journaling starts to come up. Journaling is a form of meditation too. I mean, I don't Absolutely. I don't do a traditional weekly review, but by journaling every single day and then every two weeks I read those entries. Guess what? I'm reviewing and I'm getting to me that that's far more powerful than a weekly one because. It's a compound of what's now. If I did it every week, I I might like take those seven days of journal entries and have be able to course correct, you know, a little bit faster. But I try to course correct every single day because my journal entries kind of shape. They're the story of my life, right? So that I didn't like the weekly review. That was one of the things, and that's the hard. And anybody who I've talked to that runs getting things done has said that's the thing they struggle with the most. Because oh, for sure. Well, it, but the thing is, is that again, it's a system. And there are elements of a system that work really, really well. But the problem is, and, and I, I'll, I'll throw a little more nerdery in here, is that in Captain America Civil War, the essay that I've watched, a video essay, which I'll, I'll link to in the show notes as well, it's like Iron Man is a hero that is constantly changing. Like he's evolving throughout the process. So he's going through constant change while the world around him. But Captain America, he does not change. He has his morals. He has his values. He believes he ends up leaving organizations or breaking them up because he believes that what he is doing is right and that the systems have been corrupted. So we do that, too. If we're like, oh, well, I believe that what I'm doing is right. This system is not you leave the entire system behind, which is not necessarily the way to go, because there are really great the brain dump, the the idea of of having multiple lists, the idea, all that stuff is smart stuff. But what we do is we go, okay, well, the system is what it's, it's the entirety. I have to leave the entirety behind. And often I think it's because the doing the work is hard. So it's easier just to go back to the thing you did before, which may be looking at your list sequentially or not having a system at all. But so you have to kind of decide and the only way you can decide, to your point, Mike, is you have to sit with it. You can't just make a snap decision on it. You need to figure that stuff out. And it goes even, it goes almost a little bit deeper than that. So that Captain America versus Iron Man thing is a great example um, of th- this idea that there's being static, being a static person who is always the same uh, is, for one, I don't even think it's possible. But in as much as we think that we're the same as we've always been. That's a harmful attitude. Uh It's nothing to strive for. Um, And, and, you know, the the idea behind Wabi Sabi is, of course, everyone's going to say, yeah, I've grown, I've gotten better at things, like, so I'm different. That's very easy to embrace, Yeah. right? But there are all sorts of things that happen on the way to be better that are dings and scratches. Uh And so you have to be able to embrace those things. And and, uh, there's an emotional and intellectual honesty that you have to cultivate in order to grow, otherwise you're going to plateau. And one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite biographies that I've read um, is the biography, autobiography of Malcolm X, the one that um, is read to Alex Haley. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I like it is because you know we're coming up on Black History Month in February. I know this will come out later than that, but it's kind of front of mind. Uh, you know, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. gets a lot of the praise for the civil rights movement in, in the U.S. 
and rightfully so. We did a lot of great things. He was out there preaching nonviolence and civil disobedience. Um, but Malcolm X's journey to me was a lot more interesting um, because it was not a straight line. Right. Of, Here I am a preacher, a leader in the community, and I've just kind of always been that, and I'm the voice of the people. Malcolm X came from being, a, you know, a, basically a street thug. Mm-hmm. Like he, he was committing crimes uh, in the streets of Detroit and in Harlem. He was, you know, going to jazz clubs. He ended up get, getting thrown in prison, reformed there, discovered Islam, which is interesting in and of itself, and then became a leader through the Nation of Islam, which after is a very strict uh, religious organization. After being in there for a long time, he was like, oh my gosh, I don't agree with this stuff. So he had to intellectually evolve past that static system or methodology and and then rail against it, which I think is one of the most healthy things you can do mm-hmm. when you're in a system, productivity system, religious system. You find out the piece that works for you and make it your own. You yeah. don't need to abide by the letter. Yeah, and it's funny. In that essay, um, the idea is that Captain America believes in the people in the systems and not the systems themselves. Because he believes it. So he, when he leaves, like, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Army and the Avengers, when he breaks up the Avengers, it's like he believes in the people behind that system and not the system itself. Which means, frankly, in a lot of cases, especially in those cases, the people make up the system in a lot of ways. So there's right. different elements. So his values, his beliefs, they, they're, they're, his, they're the things that ground him. And interestingly, his character arc... Like Tony's is a very drastic change. I think Captain America does change throughout the course of the history. It's just very subtle, and he's a man out of time. Like so, in these in this Marvel Cinematic Universe, he's like he did not intend to be you know, frozen for that many years. And and everything that he's, I mean, he's faced tragedy after tragedy after tragedy, but he would not deviate from his beliefs because he believed his beliefs to be true. Um, and that's it's it's just. I think that when you are trying to figure this stuff out, that when you have those values, the virtues, the idea of of what you really want, like you said, that then you will undoubtedly be – I think you, you stumble into this idea of wabi-sabi because it is imperfect. Humans are imperfect. So, you know, there's no – I think ultimately people will find their way <laughs> – through like you'll read this and i've from what i've read i have not read the entire book but but from what i know and from what i've read i'm like yeah this is sounds like a lot like me like there's elements of this for sure that i'm like oh yeah 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 if people read this book and they should pick up the wabi-sabi way um simple principles to bring calm meaning and authenticity to your daily life you're gonna read this and you're gonna go oh oh like i'm already kind of doing this to a degree i want to know more because once you understand more and you spend time with it more then not only i think do you maybe you 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 would follow it more but then there's a validation behind it right i think there's this idea of it's okay to do this because that's what i think is the barrier for a lot of people when it comes to the like meditation's okay when a celebrity does it or when there's you know (laughs) you know what i mean like but but things become okay when someone that has achieved high level of success or unexpectedly, but like Jerry Seinfeld does transcendental meditation. People are like, oh, I should totally be doing that then because look at Jerry Seinfeld. I'm like that, you know, he fell into it to a degree and, and and kind of embraced it because he knew he needed it to hit the next level kind of like he knew it was going to help him, right? 
So, you know, same things happening with, um, with, with like, look at yoga. Look at all of these different areas that people kind of sleep. Remember when sleep, getting too much sleep was, ba- was bad, and now it's like, oh, my goodness, I need to sleep more, right? Um, because so-and-so says that, that I should. The early bird night owl battle, like all this stuff. I think that, that one of the biggest things you can do is like this, this book, to me, is, has, has levels of discovery built into it, and you made it so accessible, too. Like it's not – I'm not reading this going – because some of this stuff can be like deep – but so deep that you're like, hold on, let me take a deep breath before I go in, right? <laughs> this, is, this is not this True. book. So before I let you go, what's a simple action that someone can take if they want to start down this path of the wabi-sabi way? It's tough because you don't want to pigeonhole someone into a system. I was hoping right? you were going to say that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, so I'll give options if that's, sure. if that's yeah, an yeah, acceptable options, answer options. to the judges. Yeah, because again, there's no perfect way, right? That's the very nature that's of right. it. That's right. I would recommend doing one of the following things, just depending on what you naturally are inclined towards. So if you were the type of person that isn't, you know, busybody and likes to do a bunch of activity, um, then, you know, try some meditation. Um, and, and I would recommend just literally setting a timer for five minutes and just closing your eyes and you don't have to be in a certain posture or anything like that. And, um, and keep a piece of paper next to you. Um, with a pen and just record the thoughts that pop into your head. So you don't have to try to play the game of let your thoughts wander away and all that stuff. No, just record some of the stuff that pops up in your head, however you want to name it, whatever, like, Oh, thought about what I need to pick up at the grocery store, thought about how I wish I were not as fat as I am or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then after five minutes, when the timer dings, just look at that stuff. That's your starting point of what's going on in your head. And it doesn't just go on when you're sitting down. It goes on all day long. Um, so do that a couple of times. Get a good roster of the, the people inside your head that are yelling different things at you. If you're an action-based person, I'd recommend um, just starting the simplification process, cleaning up your living space um, as much as you can uh, and doing something like that. Um, and then I, I guess the last thing would be if you're really into productivity systems, like I guess a lot of people listening to this would be, Um, just write out, uh, do a brain dump basically of the things that, uh, that you can think of that are pulling at you and what you've got to do about them and really uh, ask yourself how much of these things do I really need to do right now? How much of these things, uh, are really actionable versus what can be done later? Um, it's, it's as good a start as any. Mike, thanks so much for taking the time to join me today. Where can people keep up with you and your work? Uh, so I write primarily on Medium. So you just go to medium.com uh, slash at Mike Sturm uh, on Twitter uh, at a perfect Sturm, kind of a plan words there. And then just MikeSturm.net uh, is my website where kind of keep a list of all the different things that I've done and got going on. Mike, this has been great. Thanks so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks to Mike for joining me on the program. You can find all of the show notes, not only in the podcast app that you're using to listen to this podcast right now, but also if you go to productivityist.com slash podcast 381. Now, if you are listening to this show on your podcast app of choice and you're not already subscribed, make it happen right now. Hit the subscribe button. That way you don't miss a single episode of what's to come, but also you can find past episodes, interviews with Gretchen Rubin, Seth Godin, Laura Vanderkam, 
the list goes on and on. It's way easier to find those episodes if you're subscribed because you can just filter through and find whatever episodes you want to listen to. But again, you won't miss a single episode of What's to Come. And next week, What's to Come is my productive conversation with Marley Williams, who was a guest at The Big Ready earlier in 2021. And we get that full conversation happening next week on the podcast. So again, subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening to it. And if you enjoyed this episode, or even if you have some you know feedback you want to supply that may have tempered your enjoyment just a little bit, leave a rating and review wherever you are listening to this show. That's it for now. Until next time, I'm Mike Vardy, the host of A Productive Conversation, reminding you to stop doing productive and start being productive. See you later.